The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. It's Wednesday, the 19th of July in London. This is the Bloomberg Day Rate Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Lizzie Burden. Coming up today, cooling UK inflation drives down bets on Bank of England hikes. Tatar picks Breton for its new battery plants. And the city's offering bankers a 30% jump for starting salaries. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Britain's inflation rate slowed more than expected in June. Year-on-year CPI rose by 7.9% last month. That's a sharp drop from the 8.7% reading in May. Core inflation also fell to 6.9% from 7.1%, suggesting the quickest series of interest rate increases in three decades may be starting to rein in soaring prices. The downside surprise could tip the balance in favour of a 25 basis point hike when the Bank of England's policymakers meet to set rates next week. Tatar has announced a £4 billion investment to build a gigafactory in Somerset. The news reported by Bloomberg yesterday would create one of Europe's largest battery makers. Bloomberg's James Walcock says it's being hailed as a major win for Rishi Sunak. In a global fight for subsidies, you are seeing the US and Europe devoting large amounts of money, time and attention to winning these kinds of companies over. And the UK government today will very likely be pointing out the fact that the com- that Tata chose the UK over Spain in a victory for both the Sunak over another European country as a sign that they have been able to convince a business to locate in the UK despite Brexit, despite negativity, despite fears around inflation. Nevertheless, they persevered. James Walcock added that the plant is expected to receive hundreds of millions of pounds in government subsidies. It comes as the UK has struggled to attract significant auto industry investment in the aftermath of Brexit. The number of profit warnings issued by UK-listed companies has risen for the seventh consecutive quarter. Companies listed on UK exchanges issued 66 profit warnings in the second quarter as surging inflation and rising interest rates squeezed margins. According to the report by Ernst & Young's strategy mm-hmm. Consulting arm EY, Parthenon, 18% of UK-listed companies issued a profit warnings in the last year alone. Excluding the pandemic, that's the highest level since 2008. Now, Wall Street giants are finally seeing signs of a life in their capital markets businesses. Bank of America and Morgan Stanley joined JP Morgan and Citigroup in beating analysts' expectations for equity underwriting revenue in the second quarter. Speaking to Bloomberg, Morgan Stanley chairman and CEO James Gorman says that things are also looking up for investment banking. I do believe it's bottomed. Every CEO I'm talking to has tilted to a more forward-looking posture. So I think deals will start getting done. Whether they happen in the back half of this year, I'm not so sure. It might be it might be next year that it comes, but it will definitely be it will be during next year when we see it, if not this year. 
Second quarter profits at the bank, run by James Gorman, fell 13% to $2.18 billion. That contrasts with rival Bank of America, which saw its second quarter profits soar. Revenue from fixed income, currencies and commodities trading rose 18% to $2.8 billion for Bank of America. Microsoft shares hit an intraday record on Tuesday after the software giant gave pricing details for its corporate artificial intelligence products. Microsoft 365 Copilot pilot will cost $30 a month per worker on top of what most business customers already pay. Bloomberg Intelligence's Anurag Rana says the price is high, but he expects firms to pay it. At the end of the day, this is a company that's coming up with products way before than anybody else is trying to figure out their strategy. So I think this just shows that Microsoft is well ahead in this game compared to the other software vendors. And it's not just the office suite. I mean, this really has direct impact on their cloud business. Anurag Rana says Bloomberg Intelligence does expect the subscription cost to come down as AI technology development ramps up. And finally, a U.S. soldier has been detained in North Korea after crossing over the heavily armed border. It's reported that the 23-year-old intentionally travelled from South Korea in an apparent effort to escape being sent home after being charged with assault. The U.S. Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin says that he's concerned about the man's welfare. We're closely monitoring and investigating the situation and working to notify the soldiers next of kin uh, and engaging to address this incident. So uh, U.S. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin speaking there. Now, Americans detained in North Korea are often sentenced to years of hard labor, but typically are released several months later. Those are a few of our top stories this morning. How about a pay rise? Oh, Anytime, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, no one says no to that, do they? Thirty uh, percent, though, if you're in Hong Kong, they've seen such an exodus of talent that starting salaries is beginning to shoot up, and it's especially for financial services, for tech jobs. So, um, yeah, it's it's seen a big jump in uh, in the big in the last few months. Anyway, thirty percent for a new recruit—that mm. is enormous. Uh, and you can see as well that the border reopening with China has given the industry a big boost. This is uh, not exactly what you want in an inflationary world, however. No, uh, indeed. But I suppose uh, if you're trying to compete with Singapore, then you have to do your best. I mean, look, salaries are still typically higher in Hong Kong than than Singapore. But, you know, we've had loads of stories about the number of bankers uh, being hired in, in Singapore. Um, and you also see that in Hong Kong, that kind of uh, rush for talent, the need for workers means that the jobless rate is at a four year low, 2.9 percent. They had a tough time during the pandemic. The border is open between Hong Kong and China now, though. So that has also changed matters. Caroline, well, that is a very interesting story. There's <laughs> only one story on my mind. In my yeah. other hat as UK correspondent, I have to say this inflation number for the UK really is a big deal. The first downside surprise we've had after four upside surprises. This, I can hear the cheers coming from the Bank of England across the road from where we are and from Number 10 Downing Street. Of course, it's the Prime Minister's top priority mm. to halve inflation by the end of the year. And so, yes, CPI dropping to 7.9% from 8.7% last month. I was just speaking to John Glenn, the Chief Secretary to the UK Treasury, along with Anna Edwards on Bloomberg TV. He says that this shows the government's strategy is working. Take a listen. Yeah, what I'm doing is controlling public spending to make sure that we don't do anything that adds fuel to inflation. But of course, we welcome these figures. 
There's no complacency, though, here in the Treasury. We work very closely with the bank. As you say, they do interest rates. We do government spending. But it, these are tough times for families in the UK. But we're going to be relentless in our commitment to halve inflation and get it down to the long-term trend of 2%. But, John, are you going to do anything actively to reach your number one target of halving inflation by the end of the year? For example, ex-Bank of England policymaker Kate Barker suggested you should raise taxes. Well, we don't want to raise taxes. What we're trying to do is make sure that we spend money wisely. We had a spending review a few years ago. Obviously, meeting those numbers is now really hard in a high inflationary or higher inflationary environment. So my job is to make sure that we spend wisely, that we accommodated the pay review body uh, announcements last week for public sector pay. Um, that increased between 6, 6.5%, for one of the workforces. We did that by not by uh, taxing more not by borrowing more, by asking government departments, by asking cabinet ministers to absorb that additional uh, pay requirement. So we're being relentless in focusing on, on making sure that we manage public spending and, and don't uh, add to the inflationary pressure, which the IMF and others have warned us we would do if we borrowed more. And, John, even though these numbers are a pleasant surprise, Bloomberg <coughs> Economics still reckons we're going to have a recession here in the UK. Markets see a 50% chance of a 50 basis point hike from the Bank of England again at its <coughs> August meeting. Do you see a risk that the Bank of England overdoes it? Look, I'm not commenting on the Bank of England. They make judgments independently. My job is to focus on government uh, spending, public spending as Chief Secretary. That's what I do. I also don't make predictions about the future economy. I, when I came into office uh, nine months ago uh, in this role, uh, I noticed various predictions about what, what, whether we or not we were going to have a recession. Um, I, I, I see those come and go. What I've got to do is relentlessly focus on the job to br help bring inflation down using the levers that I have as Chief Secretary, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. What's your assessment of why the UK inflation story appears stickier than other parts of the G7? I mean, Germany's inflation 6.4, France 5.3, the US 3%, Italy in the sixes, Canada 2.8, Japan 3.2. Ours is falling. It's coming lower than anticipated, mm. but it's still higher than all of those. What is mm. the UK's, your, the government's assessment of why that is? Well, I think Germany's inflation rate went up in June, um, and obviously they're in recession. Every economy is finding this challenging. I don't. Uh, I do recognise that there are some differences, and obviously that will be about the way the labour market works. And we've obviously made some supply side changes to try and get more people into the labour market without uh, creating inflationary uh, pressures. Also, the effect of the tripling of gas prices had a different effect here, on here, here in the UK as, as compared to the US and some of the other economies. But I think what is acknowledged is that, you know, that, that we're on the same uh, path as uh, many of the European economies. We're just a few months behind them in some cases. Do you think you're doing, I mean, you mentioned there the supply side changes, you mentioned the role of the labour market. Uh, do you think that there should be more done to uh, address labour market issues to try and bring down inflation further? Well, in the spring budget, we put a comprehensive package together. Um, we are trying to get people back into the workforce and uh, our work in pension sectors. We're relentlessly working uh, on that. We also put a childcare package together uh, to get people more, more uh, people back into work, and that is anticipated to bring 100,000. Uh, people back into the workforce. We are seeing those numbers improving all the time, more and more people uh, coming back to, to work. So that will help.
up and obviously has been one of the factors the tightness in that labour market which has uh, caused those inflationary pressures but today's uh, numbers are encouraging um, but there's no complacency we must keep going the capital ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by capital group ceo mike gitlin investment professionals reveal their best mentors how they find their next great idea and a few funny stories subscribe wherever you get your podcasts american funds distributors inc Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So that was John Glenn, the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, speaking to you and to Anna Edwards on, on Bloomberg TV. There's also been reaction from the Chancellor. I think it's interesting that, that John Glenn sort of admitted the, the differences between how inflation has affected the UK versus other G7 countries. Which is the question that Anna Edwards put to him, one that the government hasn't often wanted to talk about, has wanted to focus on you know, the, the similarities between the UK and other G7 uh, economies. And so if you listen to Jeremy Hunt, who spoke earlier this morning, uh, he talks about that too. We can see from other countries that if we work hard, you know, we will succeed and we can put this very difficult period for households behind us. Yeah, but if you read between the lines... It's very difficult for the government to criticise the Bank of England, especially after what happened to Liz Truss. They want to be seen singing from the same hymn sheet. Mm. But of course, there are economists, many of them out there saying that the Bank of England was too dovish on the way into this. And hence why we still have inflation at nearly... uh, four times the Bank of England's target. Yeah, absolutely, which is what Glenn was saying, you know, that we're just lagging behind. Look, let's bring in our senior UK economist, Dan Hansen, on this point. Dan, great to have you uh, on the programme. So this um, inflation reading for the UK is cooler than expected. Is it, though, a big downshift? Um, so, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I think the, the first point to make here is that a lot of this was to do with petrol uh, petrol prices or fuel prices and food prices and that was kind of a lot of that was sort of baked in before we before the number dropped so we knew that was coming the, the big news really is on core inflation and that that is good news that we've had a drop back to to 6.9 percent and if you if you cast your mind all the way back to may which feels like a long a long long time ago now when the bank of england put out its forecast then it was expecting 7.9% for the June CPI reading. So the Bank of England, the sort of the CPI numbers are back in line, the headline CPI numbers, I should say, are back in line with the Bank of England's forecast. So it, it is it is some good news. I think, I mean, it goes to the point that you were making there and what John Glenn was saying about the big drops, it, the nature of the way the, the energy price cap works, so what the, the way household energy bills in the UK are calculated is that you get chunky drops or lumpy drops, I should say, in the CPI numbers. And we're, we'll get one of those in July and we'll get another one of those in October. So in time, you know, this idea of catch up, it, it, it should happen. But we're always going to be a little bit behind as long as this price cap exists, because it it, it prevents the falls in energy or in wholesale energy prices coming into the into the figures quickly, which is what's happened in, in mainland Europe. And so can the Bank of England now just do a 25 basis point hike in August? And where do you see the peak from here on? Yes, yeah, so you know, that's 
I still think the market. I think the market's probably right that it's fifty-fifty. I don't. I don't think it. This has sort of sealed the deal one way or the other. We lean towards a twenty-five basis point hike, so that would mean that the fifty in in June was a one-off. But it's you know it's it's very uncertain um, what they're going to do. But you know our our view is they they're going to go for twenty-five in August. But I think going back to the point I was making about core inflation, yes, it's good news. It dropped. Um, but it's still looking sticky and particularly service in, services inflation is extremely high. So I think they're going to go, they'll go again in um, both September and November. So we, we see a peak of 575. And actually, if you look at the market today, the pricing around the August meeting has moved a bit, but it's still 50-50 between 25 and 50 basis points. You still see a recession. Why? I think 575 is too much for 575 peak rate, even though that's what I think the Bank of England's going to do, I think that's probably too much for the economy and they could probably sit at five, maybe even a little bit lower and still get the job done. But they're clearly quite impatient and there's obviously pressure coming from the government as well. So I think they're going to overdo it a little bit. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Lizzie Burden. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.